Hello and welcome back to A Drunk History of Middle-earth. This is a show where we take the Legendarium, created by J.R. Tolkien, and have a good, simple, wholesome chat about it. Sometimes it's a drunk person, me, trying to explain stories or events, and sometimes it's breaking down the stories and concepts as if we're talking to a drunk person. I'm Chris, I'm an avid Tolkien nerd, I'm still learning and realising how much I actually don't know. And joining me is your co-host and my lovely wife Rebecca. Do you want to say hello? Hello, I'm Rebecca, uh, a complete novice to all things Tolkien and um, nerdy in general. Although now I've watched all three films, extended editions, and can now confirm that I have been converted to the religion headed by L. Ron Tubbard. Long may he live. <laughs> right. <that's>, Zoltan. <laughs> Zoltan. That's the intro sorted. Let's get into today's episode. Okay, right, we're live. Hello, how are you? I'm good, yeah. um, I feel really healthy because I've had some cucumber. I also made you a bacon and egg sandwich with that and it was very salty. I feel like I'm dying. Yeah, but it's like 50-50, isn't it? You have some cucumber, you balance it out with a bacon and egg sandwich. You have some sweet, you follow it by savoury. You've got to always have balance. You're full of shit. Straight up full of shit. <laughs> with, with this our first episode um, where it's unconnected to the Silmarillion, like the story of the Silmarillion maybe, uh, mainly, sorry, um, we're, we're just going to talk about something different today. How are you feeling about the Silmarillion so far with everything we've covered? Good. I'm still useless at names. Absolutely. Um, yeah, yeah. But... Yeah, I'm I'm feeling feeling good looking at um something different to yeah. give me a palate cleanse. Well, before we get into that, so um just for anyone who's about to switch off, um we're gonna talk about orcs this week. But there is a couple of notes uh, I wanted to make, firstly regarding like previous episodes and what have you. Unconnected to that though, is we started watching the Hobbit films this week. Bit of a different what well, was it different for you? watching it now that we've been doing this podcast because it's been last time you watched it was before we started back in january wasn't it yeah i can appreciate the film the hobbit Mm. much more than i used to and i've been able to stay awake more yeah (laughs) (laughs) like i've been making a conscious effort to stay awake during the hobbit instead of putting the hobbit on and just it being a background noise to go to sleep to Mm. it's good it's good popcorn watching but as i was saying to you the other day like I could spend a st- I did spend an inordinate amount of time explaining to you or it kind of happens like this but not quite like that in the book or this is how the lore actually is so yeah it's one of those ones where I could spend a stupid amount of time just unpicking the threads I mean you didn't have to I didn't ask you to do that we could have just watched it like normal people watch a film no no I'm not a normal person and I refuse to <laughs> God help you if we ever watch Rings of Power together God help you when the baby was dead young, I used to sit with her in my arms and watch it on a morning, like every Friday, and I'd tell her about it. So you've got knee fucking chance. Uh, anyway, firstly, uh, an update to the episode about the dwarves. I was able to track down in one of the books I already own, which is volume 10 of the History of Middle Earth by um, Christopher Tolkien. In it, it says that the dwarf fathers walk with their wives, except Durin, who walk alone. So six of the dwarf fathers had their wives with them when they woke up, except Durin. Um, 
And we've been listening to the song of Durin quite a lot because there's, there's those, that, that Spotify playlist I've made where those people perform the song of Durin and Misty yeah. Mountains and stuff. That's been our new white noise. Yeah, it has. Yeah, it's great. But one of the first lines is literally like, Durin walk and walked alone. So it's been staring us in the face this whole time. Oh, well. Um, I found further to that, just on the subject of dwarves, I found a suggestion that Durin gathered his clan by taking in wanderers and members of other clans and building it that way. And I then found a further note that said, perhaps, after the sinking of Beleriand at the end of the First Age, that the dwarven cities of Nogrod and Belagost, um, which were mainly the Firebeards and the Broadbeam families, that they had some left over who joined the Longbeards, like Durin's clan, because they were, like, that's how they, they could. But anyway... You haven't made a mistake if you're just listening in. It's not about dwarves today. It is about orcs, but I just wanted to clear that up. Orcs, quite famously, a race that dwarves don't really get on with. Well, and it's it's kind of more than just like their whole orcs and they're horrible, just like men and elves is the same. It's it, There is actually a pretty compelling reason why dwarves really don't like them, but we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get into that later. So, what do you know about orcs before we get into this? Like, what are your experiences with orcs? They are twisted elves... Yeah, well, maybe. They are very ugly. Mm-hmm. There's only two of them that I would class as attractive so far. One of them was in The Hobbit, wasn't it? Both or, of them. Or was it Hobbit. Azog and... Azog and the guy that Azog throws off the side of the cliff. Oh, the one who says, like, I was the only one who survived, and he's like, shame, and then killed yeah. him. Yeah. All right, okay. They're the only attractive orcs, mm. so I feel sorry for orc women. Who were equally as unattractive. How do you know that? You've never seen an orc woman. I have. Have you? Yeah. Where? I don't know, but I'm sure you said to me one time that they could possibly be orc women when no, we're in, watching Lord of the Rings. In, no, yeah, in the, yeah, but in the films, it's because the orcs had to be sh- shorter than the actors. So a lot of women and kids played orcs, but they're all canonically male orcs that you see in in the films but we will there, there is orc women but we just don't see them just like we don't see dwarf women right okay but have, have you have you encountered orcs anywhere else apart from Lord of the Rings Warhammer yeah oh, the, oh yeah I love those orcs just purely like they look goblin like yeah spelled um, with a K oh World of Warcraft as well yeah the orcs are there big beefy lads and lasses they're the, literally the only orcs I've come across like there's no real housewives of orcs. <laughs> There's no, um, you know, miracle and orc streak. Straight, oops. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that'd be so good if we had like orc telly. Uh, 40, Warhammer 40k orcs are my favourite. Um, just because they're football, like they're just football hooligans. Mm. They just love a good, it's just football factory on steroids in space. There's no orc in Paris. <laughs> <laughs> is that because you've been watching Emily in Paris? It is, isn't it? You were watching it earlier when I, I came into the bedroom. Right, let's uh, let's go into some etymology. Names, your favourite part of every episode. Where does the word orc come from? As usual, there's a few different origins and they all might be wrong. I might be wrong about all of them. Tolkien was certainly, almost certainly, possibly wrong about one of them. Um, so first and foremost... I found in my research that orc is regarded as an old English word for evil spirit, except that kind of came from a mistake as far as I can see. Orc is actually the old English word for a metal cup, but in 
a book that came out in 1898. It was an old English dictionary. The word orc, meaning metal cup, and the Latin word orcus, meaning after like one of the gods of the underworld, were conflated in the same entry. So it looked like the word orc meant evil spirit, even though it was actually referring to orcus in Latin. And this was corrected in later versions, but that might have been one of the books that Tolkien read. And he thought orc meant evil spirit because he was an expert on Old English as well. So, um, yeah, it's just... But it, it's one of those things that's, like, retroactively true because now orc is to refer to an evil being. I was going to say, so do you think he was, like, the first to create the character of an orc? I don't know because orcus was used to refer to evil giants. So, I, I don't know. Like, he, he didn't invent the concept of elves, dwarves, or fairies, but his take on it has been adapted so many times that it's almost like he might not be the originator, but he's like the classic experience of it. Okay. So, but yeah, um, fun. F- so one thing that I found interesting was in this book that was published in 1898, one of the authors was called Tollers. So I was no. just, I swear to God, yeah. I was like, what the fuck? I was like, we've come full circle just for this podcast. So I, but nobody can, uh, yeah, that, that's that, that's the etymology of the word orc. There's the orcus in Latin, which means evil giant, evil spirit after one of the gods of the underworld in some religion or another. There's the old English word for metal cup and somewhere along the lines a mistake was made. There is also um, a Norse influence that was put forward, but I disregarded that because it was kind of said that it was disproven and even Tolkien knew it wasn't right. So I just kind of... Uh, yeah. Emitted. Yeah. Um, but I did also find a fun fact that um, Evil Giant might still be in use today with things like the Orca Whale. Um, mm. Because that was... Yeah, because that's got the word orc in it. So uh, obviously it doesn't refer to a big metal cup. So, <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, anyway, we're here for drunk history of Middle Earth. We're not fucking full scholars. This is for the pub. Now, you said earlier that orcs came from elves. Is that your final answer? Well, clearly not because of the tone of your voice, but that's what you told me. So you've obviously just been dumbing this down. Well, I told you what was written in the Silmarillion as published by Christopher Tolkien, but Tolkien, uh, J. Jonal Tollers was writing his whole <laughs> life up until he died. And in the, the towards the end of his life, he started to spell orcs with a K. Um, he, he started to revise a lot of things, so... I'm going to take you through some of the possible origins of orcs as we know them, and then we're going to get into what they're like as a people, uh, and we're going to discuss their history as, as well through First, Second, and Third Age. So, this one comes as a surprise, but nobody can really agree on where orcs come from in Middle-earth. Shock horror, I know. There are competing theories, and the most popular, and the one that gets told the most, is that Morgoth twisted captured elves into orcs through slow cruelty. I am going to be upfront and I say um, thematically and from a logic point of view, I believe this one because it would make the most sense and it would be the saddest one because um, we, we've said before that like Morgoth making the orcs was regarded as the worst thing he's ever done and the one that Eru hates the most. Well, he was kidnapping the elves Yeah, as well. so, because Morgoth can't make life and he cannot make anything new. Like Everything's a twisted mockery of something else, right? Uh, trolls are a twisted mockery of Ents. 
dragons, I have no fucking idea what dragons are a twisted mockery of, but something, I'm sure. You know, you've got like orcs are the twisted version of elves, possibly. So he, he just, he, it's twisted versions of something else. And we've also, we know for a fact that orcs do procreate like the other children of Iluvatar. Um, so Tollers himself wrote in a letter to... Which Tollers now? <laughs> to a certain, I can't remember who he wrote it to, but um, he said, there must have been orc women, but in stories that seldom, if ever, see the orcs except as soldiers of armies in the service of evil lords. So we naturally would not learn much about their lives. Not much was known. But he did confirm that there was orc women. But he's, he's saying himself, like, I've got this whole world here. You're never going to know everything. Look at, like, what happened to Ungoliant? Where did the Blue Wizards go? What's in Harad? What's in the East? You know, like, these things we're never really going to know. Another theory, though, so we'll move away from the most popular ones and we'll go through the others. And we'll, you'll see... I'll tell you what, why don't, after each one, you tell me how likely you think it could be? Another theory is that orcs were made from the ground by Morgoth. In some of the earliest versions of Tolkien's writing that started in the, between 1916 and 1917 when he was on leave from the army, uh, he, they were mentioned of having uh, granite hearts. Uh, and this part was funny because, again, if he did make them from stone, it would be a twisted mockery of what Aule had done. Yeah, and um, it would mean that he would consciously have to be active in controlling them? Yes, he, well, yeah, he wouldn't be able to give them... Uh, well, oh no, you've hit onto something here. So, Morgoth can do the same as... Like he does do that, the same as Aule did. He, but he can Morgoth can do it better because... Um, do you know the reason that Morgoth's so afraid of the other Valar is, is because his sickness and that is spread out over the world and he puts his power into the world? Yeah. So he disseminates his being. So, like, the dragons can go and act by themselves because they're being controlled by a part of his will that he's disseminated into the earth, okay. into the world. So it's described as like Sauron has made the one ring, but Arda is more Why am ring. I always wrong? Like, why, why is this? Because there's always an extra part. It's like, oh, well, sorry, that you're not right. Because logically, yeah, that would make sense. But this is Tolkien, so it's definitely not going to be logical. Well... It's you're learning, so we're, we're, I'm gonna put the building blocks in, and then we're starting to build on those building blocks now. But uh, yeah, the the idea of them coming out of the ground was uh, an early draft of the legendarium, and obviously a fuck ton changed. Uh, Melkor at this stage was called Melko, so uh, yeah, that's how what he was in the earliest draft. <laughs> Old Melko sounds like a cereal brand. It makes me think of Wilkinson's. I'm going down to Melko. Netto. Like, yeah. Oh yeah, Melko Netto. Yeah. <laughs> Another theory is that. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Them being made from the ground, how likely do you think that would be? It could be likely because it's been seen before. Oh, okay, so... yeah. Uh, another theory is that when Melkor saw the elves for the first time, he went away and made the orcs on his own as a twisted mockery. They're still made of stone, but it's moved on in terms of origin. They're not just come out of the ground because he wants them. It's He saw the elves, said, I'm going to make that, and then went away and did it. How likely do you think that one would be? More likely than him just making them on his own accord. Mm. Because they are a sim similar shape mm. okay. to elves. Yeah. And he always likes to disprove his father or do the opposite. So he, I feel like he's always trying to prove himself to his dad in a weird way. Yeah, yeah. So I feel like that's like a form of flattery to his dad, but in imitation, but also like... But it's going to be my way. Oh, okay. 
All right, yeah. That makes sense. And do you know what? I'm quite happy because this proves how much you've learned that you're able to like reason this through. So you go, girl. Another one, and this is, I'd say this is probably one of the more fucked up theories um, because I like animals. But another possible origin is that orcs were a pre-existing race that Morgoth twisted, twisted physically and dominated to his will by dispersing his power into them. And I think the example given is teaching parrots to talk and using his like cruelty to twist them into the shape of orcs, which that could be like horrible. Um, I think we'll get into it later, but there was someone who really pissed Tolkien off who made orcs bird-like and he really did not react well to that. So I, for that reason, I don't think that theory would have much water, except it could have some credibility because orcs acted without Morgoth directly controlling them like the like all they had to do with the dwarves before Eru gave them life. Um, but orcs often criticised and laughed and rebelled against their masters and fought amongst each other. So a possible origin was that they were already living beings that could do their own thing, and then Morgoth twisted them and taught them how to speak. Uh, an equivalent for this theory is the eagles, because Manwe made them bigger. Uh, you know, spirit like some of the eagles were bigger and taught to speak. Why? But I uh, just don't think that's feasible. Yeah. Because if they were all, if they already existed, why would Tolkien make it such a big thing of writing in that the dwarves had to be put to sleep until the elves awoke? And why wouldn't there be like a solid origin story if that was the case? I feel like. I feel like orcs and sort of Melkor's um, actions are things that develop and grow as Tolkien, like, as he feels instead of, like, solid ideas that he definitely puts on a page. Like, as if, like, Melkor actually exists. Like, even Tolkien can't decide on his actions (laughs) because it's so erratic. Hmm. Well, I mean, it was a living world. Like, I'd say he's probably one of, if not the best, developed fantasy world well fictional world we've ever seen hence you know this podcast all right another theory was basically the same as the elves except this time morgoth corrupted men before men were on the scene in the silmarillion because we haven't got there in the story yet right we haven't met men yet but you know they're not awake yet in this point in our story but we haven't really seen any orcs either so there was also uh well how likely do you think that is Nah. Uh, no, no twisted men. Fair dues. A mixed origin was presented where some Maya took the form of orcs. So some of the evil spirits that fell in with Melkor took on the form of orcs physically and then procreated with corrupted elves and corrupted men. So it's just kind of mixing. Oh, this is just getting far too complicated. <laughs> and I take back what I said about twisted men. Because that would make sense in terms of men have free will yeah. and can act on their own. So well, elves can as well, but just not to the same to the same de- like to the same degree as men. It's just elves. But are, what size are orcs in comparison to humans and elves? Uh, just a little bit smaller, generally, but some are a little bit bigger. A little bit smaller than elves. No, a little bit. Well, yeah, elves and elves are Tolkien are no really different in stature to men. It's not even sure one hundred percent if they had pointy ears. It's just they are much more like beautiful people. They're not much. They're not like any taller or anything. Right. Well, us men are ugly, mm-hmm. so let's just go for men. Speak for yourself. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm what's called a fucking Durham ten. I mean, I'm sorry, <laughs> but like 
a naked woman, like the form of a naked woman, woman is like aesthetically pleasing. Yes. But you look at a naked man. Which man? Ryan Reynolds? Most men. Ryan if you Reynolds. lined like all men up and just like in like naked, no, no. Well, that's just... It's just not aesthetically pleasing. Mm. Is it even being a closeted bisexual if you're just stating this? Anyway. It's been said by a lot of people. Yeah, anyway. Uh, breaking news. Wife finds my penis ugly. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, what did orcs look like? Uh, so, if you, you've you got the films, right? So, do you want to describe what the films orcs look like? For, the, for that one person who's never seen a Lord of the Rings film but listening to the podcast. They just look like dirty... I mean, they're pointy-eared in the film, aren't they? Yeah. So dirty, pointy-eared, greeny, blacky sort of coloured complexion. like to collect pans and pots and things that clang together. It's a lot of metal. They're not very quiet no, no. when they move. No. Well, we, yeah, those are, like, I'd say those are the iconic appearances, right? Very muddy. Yes, dirty, industri- industrious, like cobbled together, yeah, just twisted, rotten bastards. There's there's a quote coming up where this has been used to accuse Tolkien of being a racist and... Oh, no. Oh, no. Well, I don't... Yeah, again, I'm, I'm just going to straight out say I don't think that's the case, um, given everything else he did in his life and what we talked about last week as well yeah, with Nazis. the way... Yeah, exactly. So we'll, we'll just go into it. Um, in letter 210... Tolkien was writing a letter to someone where he was annoyed about a proposed film treatment in 1958 of Lord of the Rings that had been given to him. Someone had said, here's my proposed Lord of the Rings film. And he was very uh, annoyed because this cunt had wanted to give the orcs beaks and turn them into birds, like give them feathers. But also another thing that was... this was the thing before you mentioned about the birds. Yeah, well, this was... uh, So in this script still... By someone called Maud and Grady Zimmerman. Not to not to highlight you, by the way. Yeah. We're not just trying to publicly pull your name through the gutter. Maud and Grady Zimmerman. still exists. Probably, he's probably dead. But anyway, I googled his name and all I could find was just this <laughs> script. All I, like, well, people talking about this script. But anyway, in this script, Zimmerman wanted there to be a fairy castle. Lothlorien was a palace. Not a forest. Um, there were the orcs had beaks and feathers. Faramir at one point was a floating body. There was magic incantations. Radagast was an eagle. The magic had like flashing blue light and, and just a bunch of mad shit, right? And so Tolkien was writing about this in a letter, and he was defending you know his creations by describing what they would actually look like relative to the, the, you know, like the the medieval fantasy world. And this is the controversial quote, quote unquote controversial quote, (laughs) quote unquote controversial quote. (laughs) Fuck me, say that 10 times fast. He described the orcs as squat, broad, flat nosed, sallow skinned, with wide mouths and slant eyes. In fact, degraded and repulsive versions of the two Europeans least lovely Mongol types. Which, you know, out of context, you know, if you're describing someone as looking like a, a Mongolian, and then we take that into the, the cultural, uh, sorry, the historical context. In the 13th and 14th century in Europe, right, the Mongolians invaded, and invaded Poland in particular. I don't know how far they got, but 
Tolkien was a big history nerd. Lord of the Rings is ostensibly a medieval fantasy setting. And that was what would be fucking terrifying to European people at that time, is being invaded by this army that look different to you, and they just want to kill you. Like, Genghis Khan, like, he's responsible for, like, one-tenth of the population or something. Like, that guy, so the armies were fucking huge, and he was everywhere. So you can imagine that'd be pretty terrifying. Um, So given that this was a fictional history, it's not too far-fetched to think that, you know, one of the, the enemies of medieval Europe... Which be mid, would be Middle Earth would look like that, so you know, fair dues. But I'd go a step further as well, right? In that it says it comes. This is my own interpretation, and in that it comes back to beauty standards. So if if, he, if elves are described as like fair, pale, and uh, all of these things, then naturally, what they would consider to be not beautiful would be something that you know, if they're tall the and fair, symmetrical. Yeah, exactly. It would be short, like ugly, uh, you know, darker skin and what have you. Like that would be, you know. For, Fearful, or, you know, it's just that human or mortal reaction of, of fearing something that doesn't look like you. Then you add into it the fantasy tropes of that orcs are inherently corrupted anyway, going away from just their physical appearance. Like I mentioned, I don't think that's much weight in saying that Tolkien's racist because, you know, he scorned Nazi Germany when they asked if he was Aryan and he pointed out how stupid they were. Topical Diane Abbott, uh, a British politician, has just been, has she been sacked? But saying that uh, Jewish people didn't face as much racism as like black people or whatever. Uh, and Tolkien was saying, clapping back to the Nazis, saying, regretfully, he says, I have Jewish friends, but regretfully I'm not of that descent of those wonderful people. So like, nah, if, if um, anti-Semitism and racism are hand in hand with the same thing, then I, I really don't think Tolkien was a racist. I think it's just a fantasy author of a medieval society given a stereotypical description of what a fantasy enemy of a medieval society would look like. But Let I... me just take five minutes to process everything you've just said there. Yeah. The, gist, <laughs> the gist is... Sounded like a tongue twister. The gist is, I don't think he's uh, any of the ists or phobics we put on people okay. today. That's, that's my take on it. Would you like a quick history of the orcs? Yes, please. Orcs were first seen in Beleriand. No, I'm joking. <laughs> Orcs were first seen in Beleriand after the awakening of the elves at Quivainen. The dwarves that are from the cities I've already mentioned, the Nogrod and Belagost, which was the Firebeards and the Broadbeams, told the elves that the Orcs had come from Angband. And I reckon, right, do you remember last episode where I said that... Um, Atum- oh, sorry, not Angband. Well, yeah, so the, the orcs had come from Angband, but in Angband and Atumno, the Valar didn't look everywhere, so evil things were able to escape. Like, they were able to just get away because the yeah. Valar were only looking for Melkor. I think the orcs could have been some of the ones that got away, and then they were first seen after that. And it was, you know... Um, they were the first things that elves fought on Middle-earth when they came back across from a man. So, in a short version, I know our last episode, we left off with the chaining of Melkor for three ages. In those three ages, the elves go across to Valinor, come back. Most of them make it back across and live there for a while. One of them is born, called Feanor. Absolute dipshit. Uh, Although some people believe he did nothing wrong. I don't. I think he was an asshole. Feanor grows up, is the greatest craftsman to ever live, makes three beautiful jewels called the Silmarils... Morgoth gets released, wants the Silmarils more than anything, kills the two trees, steals the Silmarils, goes to Middle-earth, right? So Feanor and his seven sons swear an oath 
that they will always hunt the Silmarils and follow Morgoth to Middle-earth. When they land in a place called, uh, I think it's called like Lamoth, the first things they fight in Middle-earth are orcs. And uh, that's that's the first battle on Middle-earth soil that elves fight. Which, uh, unfortunately, it's not the, time, not the first thing elves kill, because just before that, Feanor kills a lot of other elves, because they won't give them the ships. The fucker. <laughs> but uh, yeah, in the first, in the first, second and third age, orcs form the main host of Morgoth and then Sauron's armies. They're like they're like the carbs of bad guys. Like they're there to fill out the main bulk of the force. Right. Like um, you know, if it's a Chinese, like the the, the orcs of the right are probably not a good fucking analogy when we've just been talking about Mongolians. Um, Maybe it's just cut that bit out. Nah. So <laughs> like, it's, so if you're having a Chinese meal, right? You got your your orcs, or your rice, there, or your chips, like to make up the main bulk of your plate. Easy disposable. Yeah, exactly. And then your your dragons are like your 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 prawn toast, your fucking premium your items. Protein. Yeah, your balrogs are your your good shit. When you go to the all you can eat buffet, you don't get chips or rice. I do. You get no, but if you want to eat the buffet, as they yeah, say, it's a character flaw. But you I get don't. the protein because you get the most expensive things. Seafood. I think we're getting a little protein. bit lost in this. I shouldn't have mentioned Chinese. I've got hungry. Yeah. Anyway. Whilst there are more powerful servants and more dangerous servants, orcs are the main bulk of the force of yeah. all evil armies uh, in Middle-earth, pretty much. In the Third Age, uh, one of the orcs' capitals and largest populations was in Mount Gundabad, and they'd been there since Sauron invaded northwest Middle-earth in the Second Age. Um, if you look on the map, we've got up here in Eriador, there used to, there used to be a land called Eregion, where the elves had a kingdom. Sauron invaded that just after the forging of the Great Rings. And um, can you see here where the Misty Mountains go up and then right near the top at the northern bit, that's where Gundabad is. And this is a bad place for the orcs to invade because Gundabad was the place that Durin woke up from his like at the beginning of um, his life. So it's a holy place for the dwarves. And even though Durin woke up there, he then walked south until he found Keled Zaram, saw the stars above his head, and then settled Moria as Khazad-dûm. The dwarves still regarded it, and that's like a pilgrimage. It's, it's a holy, site. yeah, it's a holy place. So dwarves lived there, and then the, they had to flee to Khazad-dûm and join like uh, some of the other clans that settled there when the orcs invaded. They only invaded Gundabad because the dwarves of Khazad-dûm had shut the doors to them. So, do you know the, the doors, the hidden doors in the films? Yeah. Sauron couldn't get through them. His armies couldn't get through them. So he said, right, just go and fucking harass the other dwarves. So if the dwarves needed another reason to hate the orcs, this is it. Like, they really fucking hate orcs because of this. Like, they, they desecrated their holy place. And that spurred their hatred. Um, so there's been big wars throughout... Uh, Middle Earth, but the, one of the biggest wars fought is the War of Dwarves and Orcs, which is in about 2700 of the Third Age of Middle Earth. And um, that's fought outside of Khazad Doom. And I think that's where, I think, I'm, if I'm not getting it wrong, that's the one where Dane Ironfoot kills Azog the Defiler when he's really young. And it's really unexpected for a dwarf when he's only about 32. And Dane uh, goes on to become king of Erebor after Thorin dies um, in the events of The Hobbit. But they can't take back Moria at that time because Dane takes one look inside Moria after they win the fight outside and he's like, nah, fuck that. You can sense there's something wrong. Like, you can sense the Balrog. 
And the orcs obviously have fled back inside Moria for the ones that survived. But yeah, Mongundabad is one of their biggest like population centres. Then you've got Mordor orcs. Um, you've got other Misty Mountain orcs. But what's noteworthy about them, about orcs in general, is that they would often fight amongst themselves and they would rebel against orders. Like, even though they are dominated creatures and, and like by fear and force, they... It, like they'll sometimes they'll just ignore orders or not take them to the the frustration of their masters. Like that sounds, I like it. <laughs> well, we uh, wouldn't be probably in this shit as we would in it, like I don't. Right, let me start again. We wouldn't be in as much of a mess of a country if we rebelled. Yeah. Against stupid decisions, like just because you're more powerful doesn't mean that you're always right. Yeah, true. No, that's true. You should be challenged throughout your whole life, no matter who you are, because without being challenged, you never grow. Yeah, well, orcs didn't have um, they didn't have media getting us to fight each other and, and focus on like things like identity politics to distract us from rich people gutting <laughs> fucking public services and all that. But hey ho. Um, so a good example of orcs rebelling against orders is uh, do you know when Merry and Pippin are being taken to Isengard? Yeah. By the Urukai. Um, it's the orcs from Mordor that try to try kill... Try eat them. Yeah, they try and kill and eat them. Um, regardless of what they've been told to do, they're just hungry. <laughs> and they're like, nah, they don't need their legs. <laughs> uh, but they're, they're, not, they're not super disciplined. Like They're forced by fear. Like The strongest orcs are the leaders or like the most ruthless. And you generally climb the hierarchy by killing your superior. Yeah, so makes sense. Yeah. But paradoxically... It's because of this cruelty and this corruption inherent to them that they're super easy to bend to someone's will. Even though I've just talked about them rebelling, like Sauron had no problems like bending them to his will, even though they were Morgoth's creations. For instance, Sauron had to corrupt Numenor over, oh, I think it's either 54 or 57 years after he gets to Numenor. So Numenor was like a massive military might in the Second Age, right? And they get an army together. Arpharazon, I think it's Arpharazon, or his dad, um, gets an army together, marches to Mordor, Sauron's armies fuck off because they see how powerful the, the Numenorians are. Sauron just says, yeah, I'll come with you willingly. He gets made a prisoner. 54 years later, he slowly convinces the Numenorians to try and invade Valinor. That, that it took them 54 years to, to, to do that. Um, Sauron can't dominate dwarves at all. Um, he has to get people to worship him in Harad and the East. He tried to bribe the dwarves. None of that with the orcs. Just straight up just bend them to his will. He could straight up dominate their will with his like his powers and Maya. So yeah, just it's it's interesting that it's their numbers and their cruelty that makes them dangerous. It's not really their inherent qualities. But they're such a f- interesting fact as well. Orc language we'll talk about. They're such a fractious people that they can't speak to each other between tribes. So like Misty Mountain Orcs probably, well, they can't communicate with Mordor Orcs using Orc language. They have to use the common speech. So um, they're proper tribe-like. Yeah, except um, their, their common speech, like they butcher it and make it sound awful just because of how they are. <laughs> As you can imagine, that is a big subject to cover. So that was just a whip through the origins of orcs and a big a little overview of their race. There's other things we could go into and speculate on, like why they feel so weak in the sun. Um, my my take is because they're creatures of darkness. Um, they don't like to move in sunlight, so hence why Mordor is covered in like 
belching smoke and stuff Maybe like that. Maybe they're just like sunbathing instead of like working out. <laughs> like when it's hot and sunny, I'm the same. <laughs> yeah. yeah, orcs like everyone thinks they hate the sun. It turns out they just love it so much that they can't get anything else done. And as well, if like if they've got dirty skin or they don't wash, like they're not going to be interested in going out in the sun, are they? Are they? No, true, 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 true. So, uh, what would you say is your favourite origin story for orcs, if you could choose between them and have any of them be true? Probably, I would probably say that they are... Mm, it's either between Twisted Elves mm-hmm. or Twisted Men. All right, fair enough, fair enough. My favourite one is the Maya mating with Corrupted Elves and Corrupted Men. I, I would like that one because it makes it all the sadder because it's not just one race being corrupted and twisted, it's three. It's like the spirits of like Eru and the, like the, the children of Iluvatar and they've been utterly corrupted. It's just making me feel a bit sick thinking mm. about weird like I, I don't know I think the Maya are like weird creatures and it just makes us feel sick that, of them mating well um, one of the most beautiful women ever Luthien she was the daughter of a Maya and an elf and her son uh, Dior I think he was called is described as one of the most fair creatures to ever live because he is a product of humans elves and Maya because um, his dad was a, his dad was a human his mum was right a you're talking yourself elf. out of your answer though because Ma- right. orcs are minging yeah but so, it, no, 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 no. But we've talked before about how... Um, you've just got to pick an attractive my art to get no, an attractive... No, no, no. The point that I'm trying to make is that it makes the story more tragic in that these things are corrupted because just like we've mentioned, you can't appreciate freedom without uh, suffering a lack of it. It's, it's these things. So like the elves become more beautiful for the sorrow and grief that they endure and the wisdom that they gather through these experiences. So the, just the idea of... Something like that being corrupted is is kind of... I think it just brings more tragedy to the story rather than them just being created from nothing or like Earth. But yeah, that was a whip shot through a bit of history, uh, origins of the orcs in Middle-earth. If you wondered where they came from when you're watching Lord of the Rings or The Hobbit. Um, should have mentioned this at the top of the episode. Anytime you hear the word orc, you can replace it with goblin. Or a you... shot. Huh? Or a shot. A shot? Yeah, a shot. No, don't, don't do it. Don't do a shot. <laughs> No, don't do a shot uh, every time you hear the word orc in this episode. <laughs> Fuck no. <laughs> Jesus. Um, it did, I, do, I do want to watch... I do want to get drunk and talk about The Hobbit, though. The Hobbit movies. That would be fun for me. That might be one in future. Thank you for sticking with us on that little whip-round journey. Uh, as always, feel free to join our Discord server um, or give us an email at uh, l-o-t-r-a-d-h-o-m-e at gmail.com. Would you like to hear your fun fact for this episode, Rebecca? Go on, then. Are you familiar with a band called Led Zeppelin? Yes. So, those famous lads. Uh, Stairway to Heaven, I'm always playing it. Um, well, I'm playing it on Spotify. I can't play it on guitar. But it's a song, It's the Forbidden Riff. Yes. Um, that's, yeah. Well, would it surprise you to know that they've got a shitload of songs inspired by Tolkien and Middle-earth, and they actually name-drop Gollum and Mordor? Are these available on Spotify? Yeah, they are. Yeah, I was listening to one in the garden. <laughs> I was listening to one in the garden the other day when we were like playing with the kid, and I wanted to see if you'd notice, but you didn't. <laughs> um, so, four songs that I, I just quickly rounded up that have got Middle Earth influences or Tolkien influences is uh, a song called "Ramble On," which name drops a uh, Gollum, I think. 
misty mountain hop over the hills and far away. And this last song is about Return of the King. It's called The Battle of Evermore. The lads who, who wrote, like, they'd sit and write the songs and they would sit and look out at the same places where Tolkien would write. Because Tolkien used to like go and write under trees and stuff. Yeah. Um, so they go to the same places and they, they'd write their Led Zeppelin songs. Oh, little nerds. Yeah, and they said that later on they felt like uh, a bit of shame for taking so much inspiration, but they said it was really comforting to, to go and like write loads of songs. Uh, like Yeah, they were just massive Lord of the Rings fans, so a lot of Led Zeppelin songs are, uh, are influenced by um, Lord of the Rings or Middle Earth. So... Uh, the weird thing is, right? I mentioned Stairway to Heaven, and in that there there is a there is a line about looking to the west, and I always thought that was about Valinor, but I don't know if I could find any evidence to back that up. But like now that I know how many other songs are influenced by Tolkien, that that might just be an accidental one where like it might have been like no intention for it to be a reference. But it's like there's a feeling I get as I look to the west, and it always reminds me of when Saruman dies in the book and his spirit looks to the west before Manway sends a cold wind to blow him, like, dissipate him, because he can't go home. But, ah, yeah. um, Fascinating. Yeah, I mean, I can't fault them for for getting inspiration from Middle Earth. I mean, we sit and talk about it for an hour every week. At least they're making some fucking money. An hour? Are you joking? An hour. We record for about 45 minutes, but I talk to you about (laughs) it. I send you memes and that, actually. (laughs) My days are filled with memes of Lord of the Rings. I listen to you all day talking about Lord of the Rings. You send me articles about Lord of the Rings. Well, isn't your life fucking terrible? No, it's all Lord of the Rings. (laughs) Anyway, we're going to have to go because our marriage counselling session's next. So uh, we'll say goodbye for this week. Uh, As usual on... I don't know what day I'm going to release this episode, but a couple of days after will be uh, part two of drunk watch of uh, the fellowship of the ring it's just a re-edit and much more cleaned up version of the first couple of episodes we released but uh, i'm releasing it in a, in a staggered order now just because it didn't meet the the quality that that these episodes do now ha 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 if you're an audio nerd <laughs> i know there's probably an audio nerd listening like what fucking quality and i feel like this episode's been really random as well so i don't feel like it's it's been like as concise as the other ones have possibly been because of all the different possibilities yeah this is that the orcs it's a relaxed, it's a, it's a relaxed episode. Like it has to be because we're talking about, like we're talking about a whole history of a people and a concept. Like how could you talk about the history of Britain in forty fucking six minutes? Do you know what I mean? Like yeah, but it's also it's also quite concrete. Whereas the history of orcs, hmm. like you've given like what four or five different possibilities. Yeah. yeah. So make your own decision on this one. Yeah, I've give you the uh, I've given you the tools. Um next time you watch the films perhaps maybe you, you know decide for yourself what is most fun for them to be. And as long as they don't have beaks, I'm sure all tollers will not be, you know, trying to escape from his grave to come in. So they're drawn about remaking the Lord yeah, of the yeah. Rings films um again or new more Lord of the Rings films. And if at any point they're bird like, we could probably power Britain on him spinning in his grave (laughs) (laughs) but on that note I'm going to end it here and I'm going to say goodbye from me and goodbye from Rebecca and have a good day wherever you are